Bread for us, for richer, for poor, in health and in sickness, till death. We've heard this word so many times, but do we really mean it? When couples say this, what exactly are they promising to each other? And are they promising it with the expectation of actually holding up to that promise? Welcome to Coffee with Timmy. How are you doing? So this question was put to me by a married woman. It's not something that I made up by myself. She wanted to know, are you expected to actually live by the vows that you make when you get married? I thought, um, yeah. And disclaimer right from the start, I've never been married. I'm not married now. Um, so I'm not talking from a marriage perspective. I'm talking from, you know, what I have seen. So for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, let's take that, um, let's try and take it one at a time. But before we go into that, let me see if I can do a little bit of background. Quite a number of people who are non-Christians, who don't go to church, want to get married in a church because of the whole spirituality thing or maybe just the whole event. I don't know. I know when I was younger, I wanted that walking into church and everybody stands up when I get into church and they stand up just for me. But the older I get, I realize that um, I actually don't want all that attention. Uh, it's my day or it will be my day, but I still don't want everybody looking at me that particular time, if you understand what I mean. So I think quite a number of females, and I'm putting this squarely at the feet of women, they think about the wedding, the event, the um, organizing, the bridal trend. Oh my word, the bridal trend. They dress the wedding dress. They spend thousands of whatever currency it is on this wedding on that or for that day. And they don't think beyond that because the marriage doesn't start um, at the reception. It's really when everybody's gone, you know, when you have to live together with this person. Sometimes it's like a stranger that you thought you knew and then you're in the house together and it's like, um, was this a man I was going out with? And I'm not saying because before someone now says, oh, that's why you should live together before you get married. I don't, I don't approve. I don't approve of that. I don't think you should live together before you get married. I think you should know each other, but you don't necessarily have to live together to know each other. And there are millions of people who are happily married today who didn't live together before they got married and they've made it work. It's the, you know, I, I wonder why do you want to go to church for your wedding? Why do you want to say your vows in front of God when you have absolutely no intention of keeping it? If it's just for the for the photo sake, maybe get your, a friend of yours to stand in front of you and you repeat the words. And some might say, okay, maybe that's why we write our own vows. For example, my, uh, the vows I've had obey taken out of it because they used to tell the women to obey, but they never said that to the men. Okay, so somewhere along the line, the word obey has been taken out but everything else is still there. And the words might change from one um, one church or the other, like uh, instead of to love the message, to cherish, just, you know, but it's just synonyms. It's not really a big change in it. So what do we mean when we say for better for us? Statistics show that 20% of marriage fail in the first five years, 20% in the first five years are divorced. As, um, as a teacher, I have seen a, num a large percentage of preschoolers or maybe up to grade one who are from homes where the parents are divorced or they're separated. And I, I've always wondered, 
how did the love get so sour so quickly? I mean, yesterday you were lovey-dovey, your child is three, your child is two, even your child is six. And, you know, everybody's gone their own way. And what I see, unfortunately, I would say unfortunately, is these kids are kind of, it's kind of normal. You know, they ask you, who's asking you sleeping? Do you stay with your mom? Do you stay with your dad? It's a conversation that they have without blinking. And this really is a so it's it makes my heart so sore that these children have just taken this as normal. It is not normal. It's just one of those things that we are imbibing into our our daily life, in, and we say, "Oh, that's just how the society is." But it is not normal. It is not normal, and it shouldn't be, because if a child grows up to think, "Well, by the time I was six, my parents are already divorced," or Oh, my mom lives with a boyfriend. My dad is with his girlfriend. Even to my ears, it's like, how do I say my mom is with a boyfriend? Okay, so maybe it's an age thing. And I'm really happy for that age that I am. But it's still, it's odd for me, you know? But now let's look at this. For better, for worse. What do you think it means when you say for better, for worse? Uh, it's not going to be rosy, rosy. Or it's not going to be lovey-dovey all the time even if things are not really bad like you're not um uh, fighting or you know even things are not really bad there are times when you're going to have arguments do we classify that as for worse because that's not really worse it's just two normal human beings disagreeing on something for better for worse says to me um things might not go the way we've planned it and it's just the ups and downs of life or the ups and downs of marriage. And we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with the punches. We're going to stick together as a unit because that's what it is when one and one, and this is the, the odd math when it comes to marriage, one plus one becomes one. It doesn't become two. So that unit should actually be stronger than when you were separate. So when things are not going the way they should, and if we look at the last three years, for example, COVID has shown us that really plants can just go up in smoke. Plants can just be disrupted and dissolved, so to say, in the blinking of an eye. People who thought they were at the peak of their health have died, for example. And if you thought, oh, I married rich and your husband never put anything in your name and then he dies. Yes, that is for us. Okay, that is still dead to us, but so let's not go there first. But then it could have people lost their jobs, people lost their income, people's um, income were reduced drastically, so that their what do you call it? Their lifestyle is totally changed. People who were living on plastic have now been shown to the world that really they had no money. Everything was on plastic, and the plastic was being filled, you know, was being um, paid off at the end of each month. And now, people have lost their cars. Did you marry your husband because of the money? Did your husband marry you because you had good looks? And now you can afford all the expensive um, facials and whatnot. Gym, oh, gym subscription has gone because now we have to think of school fees. And you know, so many things happen and maybe you can maintain your look or did you put on weight and the husband doesn't like it. So you see what I'm talking about? I'm trying to look, I'm probably, I'm talking about silly reasons, but it is for us. Do you then fold up and go do you just pack up your things and go because it's not what it's supposed what you want it to be now i'm not belittling the things that could happen in a marriage again 
Yes, I am not married. Is that why I'm talking like that? Maybe, but I am. I only there can be an affair, for example, that can destroy a marriage, and probably does to so many marriages. But at the same time, some marriages have become stronger because somebody had an affair. I'm not saying go and have an affair. I'm saying when something that bad happens, that really for worse, rather than fold up and say, I'm, uh, I cannot live with this. They go through marriage counseling or, you know, somehow they find their way back to each other. Yes, the trust is broken. I know the trust is broken. And you really have to start from the beginning to work this to, you know, get back to where you were before. But it is possible. That's what I'm saying. So for better, for worse, we can't just take the better. Otherwise, we will want only the better things in life. And then when other things come, there's no endurance, there's no perseverance in, in what you need to do. Because if you marry someone in, in front of God, you make this vow in front of God, I think it should be something that is important to you. Not just because you want all your friends to come, everybody to see you on that day. And it should be as important to you as any other vow you could possibly take in your life. That decision that you made to marry your wife, decision you make to marry your husband, whatever brought that decision up, and for you to say, I'm going to stand in front of God. Unless you don't realize that, I mean, you're in a church, in a church. It's not just a ritual. The fact that you're making that vow in a church. Oh, boy. According to Christianity.com, in, in the UK, I don't know if this applies to all Anglican churches everywhere, but in the UK, anyone, almost anyone can marry in an Anglican church. Given um, certain uh, conditions that you have to meet, I mean, something as simple as one, per, one person, one, of, one part of the couple has been living in a particular um, locality for six months, they can marry in the church. They can marry in an Anglican church. So you probably just have to go look for which parish is close to you, and they have over 10,000. So which parish is close to you and register yourself as living in the area, maybe go to church once or twice. And some people don't even try to do this. They don't even make the effort. They go, well, speaking of black people now, they go and marry in their parents' church because somehow parents go to church even when the children don't, you know? Oh, okay. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, We've gone through that in health and in sickness. I think that in health and in sickness is so relevant to how we are living now in health and in sickness. People have had COVID. I've been one of the blessed ones. I had COVID and it didn't take anything away from me. Yes, I was sick for that time, but that's it. I didn't even lose my sense of taste, which probably would have been nice. I would have lost some weight. But some people have got in the long haul, they, they have just not recovered from it. And if you were not prepared to nurse your husband, to nurse your wife, what if it's your child? Are you going to say, well, I, what I wanted was a perfect child, you know, healthy child, and now this has happened. Do you throw that child away? And I think maybe if you look at it like that, if you are the child, nobody wants a child that is unhealthy. But if you had a child that was born with something, anything, that needed a lot of medical um, help, medical assistance. Are you going to throw that? Are you going to leave the baby in the hospital one day and not go back? Because some people do that, you know. They uh, no, I didn't bargain for this. This is not the plan. 
We're supposed to go skiing in Switzerland and go and see the pyramids in Egypt and go swimming wherever it is. I mean, you only have to look at Instagram sometimes. You see couples who are going to these exotic places, places I've never even heard the name of. They're beautiful. I have to say it. The photos are beautiful. But they're doing crazy, drastic things for likes. And all of a sudden, say one person breaks a leg and they cannot do that again. What happens? Do you then leave that woman because of that? Do you leave your husband because of that? I think of this guy, um, the guy that used to play Superman. Was it Superman? Yes, I think so. He was paralyzed. He fell off a horse. He was uh, playing polo, I think. But he fell off a horse, was paralyzed from the neck down till he died. The wife didn't leave him. That really is in sickness and in health. Teddy Pedergrass. Yes, I did listen to all those music. He also died paralyzed. You know, life, we don't know what life holds for any of us. If we leave someone, I, I know someone who left our husband, I, I don't know what um, the reason was. Years, I'm talking maybe 40 years down the line, she comes to see him. She's blind now. She had diabetes and she lost her sight. And now she's sort of realizing that she was unfair. She didn't want to come back to the husband. To be fair, she only came to apologize for whatever it is that happened all those years that she left him. But um, now she's blind. She sees that life is not, I don't know, maybe a new husband left her, but she now realizes that life is not always the way we want it to be. I mean, if life was perfect for all of us, we don't need to do anything. We don't even need, we don't even need to be nice to people because things are going to go the way we want it to go. In sickness and in health, I pray nobody has to deal with Delabitating health issues, um, chronic health issues, health issues that drain your savings, take up all your medical aid um, allowance. I pray nobody gets that, not you, not your spouse, but what happens when, or if not when, if they do, unless they've been a wife beater, which then, yeah, you can carry your bags and go and let them treat themselves. What are you going to do? I think. Again, before anybody um, sends me really mean messages, yes, I'm not married. Yes, I've not been in that position. But if someone is not beating you, they're not bringing women to the house, they're not robbing you of your salary, of your life savings, they're not threatening your life. I think if you are willing to just persevere a little bit, you're willing to take, um, uh, what is it, to endure, not endure bad things. I don't, I don't approve of anybody beating anyone. I'll be the first person, I'll say this anyway. Leave, if someone is beating you, you leave. But you're ready to go for counseling. The first thing should not be, I'm, uh, 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 I'm not gonna take this, I'm going. And I know when I was younger, I had that attitude, even though I wasn't married. <laughs> I'm opening the door, I'm going, you need to go, go, go. But the older I get, I realize you've got to learn to compromise. Yes, um, and then maybe feminists are going to shout at me now. Yes, we want equal rights. Yes, we want um, certain things because we are now ed we are educated and we make our own salary and, you know, we're a businesswoman or whatever it is that it is. But when you marry, when you make uh, the decision to marry someone, it's a commitment that you make. And if you make a commitment, I am I'm a strong believer that you need to go through with it. You need to go through with it unless really you have no other choice. Your other choice cannot be within the first, the first, um, I don't know what could be, unless it's some things that 
you didn't th talk about. You don't marry someone who has said that, oh, I can just see myself with my grandchildren and all of that. Meanwhile, you have no intention of having children. Then he has every right to leave you, I think. If you know you don't want to have children, but this guy fits all, you know, ticks all the boxes that you think you have for who you're going to marry, but he wants children, you shouldn't marry him. That's not fair. Same, so, you know, there's so just little, little things. Are we going to have the same purse? For example, I don't think I can have the same purse with anyone. <laughs> I got trust issues. But are we going to do that? Is this how we're going to spend our money? It's not my money and your money. It becomes our money. So other things become our money. How, what are we going to do with our in-laws, with your parents, with my parents? Um, are your siblings coming to live? You know, they're just things that I think by the time you get to that point where I'm going to marry you, will you marry me? Yes. Before you say I do, you need to sort these things out. And if it doesn't work the way, you know, during the marriage counseling, which is so very important. I have a friend of mine who said during their marriage counseling, the wife was asked, um, she said something like maybe he gets angry so much. And she said, and they asked her, does he beat you? She said, no. He said, are you afraid that he's going to beat you? And she's quiet and she's looking at him, you know, looking at him through the side of her eyes. And right there during the counseling, said he got so annoyed. He said, you want to marry me, but you think I may beat you. What is wrong with you? He was now the one saying to the woman, that, what is wrong with you? You want to marry somebody that you think may beat you? You know? And I'm happy to say he's never beaten her. They're still together over 25 years now. But do you understand what I'm saying? There is, when the, you know, these things that are put in place, marriage counseling, there's a reason. Those who have been there, they know what they've been through. They know what the issues might be, you know? Go for marriage counseling. It doesn't cost you anything, but you will gain everything. You know, you will learn that you're going to marry into a family. You're not marrying just your husband. You know, I used to say before, ah, when I'm getting married, I hope the boy is an orphan <laughs> so that I don't have to deal with in-laws. <laughs> and my mother said to me, well, someone's going to pray that I die so that your brothers can marry, they can marry, they can marry your brothers who is an orphan. But I didn't, you know, I didn't look at it that way when I was saying it, but that is the truth. Marriage is, is a whole lot. It's a whole lot. Maybe that's why, okay, probably not, but maybe I was just being a mean person. But it's a whole lot. And I'm glad that I know certain things now that I didn't know before. I know that if I'd married when I was younger, I would definitely be with the divorce, divorce rich people because I had no patience and I was not willing to compromise anything. It was by way or no way. But it's not like that. It's not like that. If you make that commitment, you're going to stick with it. The same way you stick with your children, you're going to stick with your man, unless, you know, there are certain things that, no, this is not working. This is not working. But you can get help. There's help available. You can get help. I'll give you a, a story to end. It's not really funny, but I had to laugh. I went to this wedding, and the, 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 the pastor said, um, yeah, there's a family that lives in the compound where he was living when he was a young pastor. And they only fought at night, only in the dead of night. And it got really embarrassing for everybody else around them because it became very loud and all of that. So he called them in and said, what is the problem? You guys are fine during the day. I know that you're not beating her. She's, we've never seen marks on her. Why do you fight in the dead of the night? And the wife said to the pastor, every night, every night, probably not, maybe she was exaggerating, but she said every night he wants sex. 
And uh, so she said it, well, in my life, she said, every night he wants sex. Is it food? Is it food? And the pastor said, he told her, yes, it is food. <laughs> so maybe with some, it's like that. There are just some things just need to clear up the hair before you make the, I do commitment and you take his ring and you give him your ring. Okay, I'll see you next week. Bye for now.